Are fundamentalist Mormons fundamental Mormons? Bishop Earl and I will talk about that next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? This and the next show, Bush, Bishop Earl and I are going to discuss the material that was written by a faithful LDS man who has written heavily about Mormon fundamentalism, also known as Mormon polygamy. His name is Brian Hales, and his writings always vindicate Joseph Smith and early Mormon polygamy. Now, I don't know Mr. Hales personally, although I have met him once. He was very cordial and soft-spoken man, and our intention is not to demean or insult him. Our purpose always is just get to the truth. And Mr. Hales always justifies Joseph Smith's polygamy and polyandry just because he was Joseph Smith. <laughs> And we're presenting our viewers with historical information this time to show Brian Hells does cherry-pick his quotes that supports Joseph Smith. Now, Brian Hales and other LDS apologists often say, and they'll say it like this, we don't know why yeah. God commanded Joseph Smith to do such and such, like marry somebody's wife that's right. already married. And then they give honor and praise to him for being bold enough to obey the hard stuff and it just doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. They claim to be Christian, but they don't connect biblical authority to discover the truth. Hales has written a paper, an article entitled Is Excuse me, Is Fundamentalism Fundamental? And the the website is on the page uh, or on the screen where you can go and and read his article. And his conclusion is that Mormon fundamentalists are not really Mormons practicing fundamental Mormonism. And, and that's, that's an interesting way to look at it. <laughs> it is. And we'll prove through all the quotes that we do today that uh, indeed they are. But we and others have remarked many times that polygamists are more Mormon than contemporary Mormons are because yeah. their beliefs and practices are original Mormonism. Brian Hales does not agree, obviously, with, with his that, conclusion. Yeah. So we're going to discuss parts of his paper to show that polygamists actually are practicing Mormonism as introduced by Joseph Smith and as affirmed by the presidents of the LDS Church up to their sixth president, Heber J. Grant. First, we want to clarify the definition of two words, <laughs> fundamental and orthodox. Let's get this cleared up. <laughs> yes. Under fundamental, it's number one, forming a necessary base or core of central importance or number two, a central or primary rule or principle on which something is based. And then orthodox is defined as number one, conforming to what is generally or traditionally accepted as right or true, and it's established and approved, or number two, strictly keeping to traditional doctrine. Now these are both relevant to our discussion, yes. these words, so we just want to make sure we all have the right definition. Now, Mr. Hales attempts to convince his readers that the historical fundamental practices of Mormonism are not the historical fundamental practices of Mormonism. We have a quote from their Book of Mormon. If that makes sense. <laughs> we have a quote from their Book of Mormon that we will apply throughout this discussion, and it is in Alma. Alma 41.8, it says, Now the decrees of God are unalterable. Therefore, the way is prepared that whosoever will will may walk therein and be saved. 
Okay, now very clearly we read from Mormon's own scripture that God's decrees are not alterable. Right. Now to be sure that we're understanding the use of the word unalterable, <laughs> let's look at that definition. It simply means not able to be changed. Okay, so okay. that establishes what we need to know to go continue on with the conversation. So the decrees of the Lord are not able to be changed. So if polygamy was righteous at any time in history, it's righteous today. Makes sense. If polygamy was wrong at any time in history, it's wrong today because God's decrees are unalterable. <laughs> By the way, God never commanded polygamy to any Old Testament person or character. Now, after establishing the word definitions, let's look at some of the reasons why Mr. Hales denies the fundamentals of Mormonism as practiced by today's Mormon polygamists. We quote. And this is again from this article, book, is it a book? Um, no, it's an article on the article, website. Article, that's what I thought. Mm -hmm. Their polygamists claim that the church has strayed from the fundamental doctrines restored through the prophet Joseph Smith are entirely untrue. Since the death of Joseph Smith, the Lord has been constantly guiding his church through continuous revelation. We believe all that God has revealed, all that he does now reveal, and we believe that he will yet reveal many great and important things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Articles of Faith number 9. The prophets, seers, and revelators of the church have never departed from the fundamental doctrines restored in this dispensation. The church's teachings and activities today are completely consistent with the fundamental doctrines given through the scriptures and prophets, such as Joseph Smith and Brigham Young. Well, this is not true. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> there have been numerous basic doctrinal changes yep. through the decades after Joseph Smith's death, even changes in the temple ritual which were supposed to never have been changed. That's right. First, Brian Hales tackles the fundamental doctrine of the fundamentalists, and that is, of course, polygamy. He says this. Modern polygamists claim that we must practice plural marriage today for exaltation in the world to come. It is true that the Lord permitted selected individuals and groups of saints to practice the principle of plural marriage in the past. Now, why did they use the word permitted? I think McConkie uses that word too, instead of commanded. commanded yeah. <laughs> now, fundamental doctrine claims that God commanded polygamy. Then he quotes from Bruce McConkie's Mormon doctrine, which denies polygamy was ever necessary for exaltation. To support his position, McConkie refers to the prohibition of polygamy for the Nephites in the Book of Mormon, claiming the Nephites were exalted without polygamy. How he knew that, I don't know. <laughs> he fails to mention that the Book of Mormon labels polygamy as an abomination. McConkie wrote that Nephi and his people were denied the power to have more than one wife, and yet they could gain every blessing in eternity that the Lord ever offered to any people. It's actually amusing to see their use of words. He said the Nephites were denied the power <laughs> to practice polygamy. What power might that be? Is there a special power given in order to have more than one wife? Is it a spiritual power, a demonic power, a physical power, a power only certain humans are endowed with? And why does living polygamy require that certain power? What power is he talking about? We have another quote. The Lord taught that the Book of Mormon contains the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's Doctrine and Covenants, section 20, 8 and 9 which was obeyed by the righteous monogamous men and women mentioned within its pages. Yet we note that teachings in the Book of Mormon only condemn polygamy 
and give no hint that it could possibly be required for exaltation. And that's what's really odd, is that yeah. they say that you have to do it in the Doctrine and Covenants, but in the Book of Mormon is <laughs> condemned, and yeah. it is condemned, it is. but God's decrees are unalterable. Yet Joseph Smith and subsequent church presidents practiced the polygamy that God condemned. It's either commanded or condemned. It can't be both. <laughs> the Bible records many marriages that were monogamous. In fact, one Bible student mentioned that there are over 3,000 men mentioned in the Old Testament and only about 30 of them were polygamous. Now, I haven't verified those figures, <laughs> but it's probably pretty close. So the fact that monogamy was commanded for the mythical Nephites is really nothing special. What is odd is that polygamy was ever even included as something God wanted, or as they prefer to say, permitted. <laughs> then he refers to the evidence that polygamy is not required by quoting from section 132. And again, verily I say unto you, if a man marry a wife by my word, which is my law, and by the new and everlasting covenant, and it is sealed unto them by the Holy Spirit of promise, by him who is anointed, unto whom I have appointed this power and the keys of this priesthood. Okay, now the new and everlasting covenant, we have to start right off the bat here, is polygamy. It was at that time. Right. It was polygamy. Joseph Smith followers claims that the phrase, if a man marry a wife, refers to monogamous celestial marriage. They say that this is proof that section 132 is also about monogamy. Hmm. Polygamy is not required. But that is not correct. The introduction to section 132 tells us that it's about the new and everlasting covenant, which in Mormon history was only polygamy. He said that because the text uses the singular, a wife, indicates that monogamy is celestial marriage. But the context is polygamy. The phrase, when a man takes a wife, does not preclude the man doesn't already have other wives. <laughs> In fact, a man with 40 wives can still take a wife in a polygamous marriage, and then he'll have 41 wives. It was after 1904 that they redefined the new and everlasting covenant or celestial marriage as being monogamy rather than polygamy. Before 1904, it was always and only referring to polygamy. Hmm. LDS leaders know this, but they teach their people otherwise. Now, celestial marriage, spiritual marriage, Eternal marriage and patriarchal marriage, each phrase was synonymous with, uh, with polygamy, polygamy yeah. never to monogamy, ever. Reading original Mormon doctrines will easily, or documents, will easily clear that up for the reader. Everyone, everything about uh, Mr. Hell's defense is wrong, not only according to their own history, but also according to the words of Jesus Christ, who said there are no marriage in the afterlife. Neither Jesus nor any other biblical person ever, ever taught or hinted that there was a special ritual that sealed men and women together for eternal marriage or eternal families. And the biblical temple did not host eternal marriage ceremonies or any marriage ceremonies. I sure didn't. And that cannot be explained away by saying there's progressive revelation like he did or that you can't trust the Bible because it's history. And Mark 13, 31 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So who do we trust? Who do we trust? What Jesus said? Yeah. Or what these men come along in Mormonism and say? Jesus' words are firm, immovable, and they are also unalterable.
Now, Jesus Christ is the Savior. He knew how we should be saved. And he would have failed miserably if he didn't explain every facet of our need for salvation and how we get there. He said, there are no marriages in heaven. He did. Eternal life is a gift given only through the person who saves. Polygamy and marriage sealing rituals have nothing to do with it. Unfortunately, Brian Hales uses no biblical references to his marriage narrative. His quotes are <laughs> all from Mormon sources. Surprising. <laughs> he argues that polygamists do not believe the manifesto was given by God, but the LDS position is that it was a revelation. Yeah. Yet nowhere in the manifesto does it claim to be a revelation, and it is recorded in their books as a declaration. Yep. Why? Declaration. Obviously, fundamentalists do follow orthodox core doctrine, which the LDS Church has discarded. Next, Mr. Hales says this. In their attempts to show that plural marriage is commanded today, fundamentalists often quote the following from Doctrine and Covenants 132. And as pertaining to the new and everlasting covenant, it was instituted for the fullness of my glory, and he that receiveth the fullness thereof must and shall abide the law, or he shall be damned, saith the Lord God. By interpreting this law and the new and everlasting covenant mentioned as meaning strictly plural marriage, fundamentalists feel justified. Notwithstanding a review of all 29 references to the law as found in Doctrine and Covenants 132, as well as references to a new and everlasting covenant, shows that neither can refer strictly to plural marriage. The Lord was in fact referring to the entire law of eternal marriage, which includes the plurality of wives. That law is also called the new and everlasting covenant of marriage, which includes plural marriage, but is not limited to it. So he's spinning. He's just sitting yeah. here spinning on this. And, and again, if you go back in history and read what the early prophets said, There's celestial no marriage and, and, and the new and everlasting covenant was polygamy, and it right. did not include monogamy. Right. There was no, in fact, there was no new and everlasting covenant or eternal marriage referenced in early Mormonism until polygamy was introduced. And it was originally a secret code word that would, they could talk about polygamy without other people realizing it. And so that's when it was first coined. But even if Section 132 was concerning monogamy, it begs the question, why would remaining unmarried result in the damnation of anyone? Because that's exactly what they're claiming Section 132 is teaching. That if you don't do it, you're damned, yeah, right? That's right? Why would that be? The polygamists claim we must be polygamist or be damned. That's why early Mormonism taught it as a foundational, fundamental doctrine. But now the LDS used this passage, claiming we must be sealed for eternity in their temple or be damned. So they both claim damnation of the ones who aren't compliant. <laughs> Do you have a headache yet? <laughs> I got one a while I was... confusing, yes. Yeah. If marriage is necessary for eternal life in Mormon heaven, that, that places marriage as being the Savior. Contrary to Mormonism, the New Testament actually teaches that remaining single is actually okay with God, and in some cases preferable. Did you know that when you were LDS? No, <laughs> I sure didn't. No. Well, how did you react when you found out it's okay to be single? <laughs> well, After all it's shocking, yeah. I mean, when that there was no marriage in heaven, and that it's not given in marriage, and yeah, and here, here we were 
married for time and all eternity. Uh -huh. So yeah. it was a little shocking. Did, did you see 132 is saying if you weren't married and sealed together in, in a monogamous celestial marriage, you would be damned? Did you see that? No, yet? I didn't. And, you know, I read I read that through the filter of Mormon eyes, yeah. section one thirty two. I really didn't. Yeah. Didn't have any application to me. It I takes some it was, combing through it, doesn't yeah, it, to pick up on yeah. those things? Since we'd given up plural marriage and polygamy, mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, now it makes sense when you read what. Uh -huh. what they've written in there. So let's see what Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, Orson Pratt, Heber C. Kimball, and so on, what did they have to say about this non-fundamental doctrine of polygamy? What was the official LDS church position on polygamy in the fundamental days? In discovering the answer to that question, we'll also discover if fundamental polygamists are or aren't fundamental. fundamental. <laughs> and the same discovery can be made regarding the LDS church itself. We begin with an official statement by Prophet and President Brigham Young. Yeah, from the Deseret News in 1862. Why do we believe in, in and practice polygamy? Because the Lord introduced it to his servants in a revelation given to Joseph Smith, and the Lord's servants have always practiced it. And is that religion popular in heaven? It is the only popular religion there. Jesus said there's wow. no marriage in heaven, and God's <laughs> decrees are unalterable. The Lord gave it. Joseph Smith recorded it. They claim God's people have always practiced it, uh, practiced it, claims Brigham Young. Now, there's official court statements about this as well. Let's yeah, read a the couple of them. Temple Lot Case, page one, 362. Yes, sir, President Woodruff, President Young, and President John Taylor taught me and all the rest of the ladies here in Salt Lake that a man, in order to be exalted in the celestial kingdom, must have more than one wife that having more than one wife was a means of exaltation. That's pretty clear, yeah, is, it, is. is it not? That was fundamental Mormon teaching. Another testimony taken from court records. This is the Reed Smoot case. Uh, we, the First Presidency and Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, beg respectively to Your Excellency the following facts. We formally taught to our people that polygamy or celestial marriage as commanded by God through Joseph Smith was right, that it was a necessity to man's highest exaltation in the life to come. Pretty clear. Yeah, that's <laughs> quite clear. Notice that polygamy and celestial marriage were used that's interchangeably right. there. He sure did. And note in this court case that the testimony was that polygamy was a necessity for exaltation. It was a fundamental doctrine. Now from an official LDS Church publication. Yes, the old millennial star. <laughs> and we are believers in the principles of plural marriage or polygamy as a principle revealed by God underlying our every hope of eternal salvation and happiness in heaven. We cannot view plural marriage in any other light than as a vital principle of our religion. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That's pretty clear. Remember, they're teaching polygamy is an essential doctrine and God's decrees cannot be altered. Another quote from the Millennial Star. Damnation was the awful penalty affixed to a refusal to obey this law of polygamy. It became an acknowledged doctrine of the church. It was indissolubly interwoven in the minds of its members with their hopes of eternal salvation and exaltation in the presence of God. All the people in those days knew that that's what it was. And required. Yeah. And, uh, and it was required. The Millennial Star was an official LDS church publication. Yeah. It affirms eternal salvation and exaltation through polygamy.
and the Mormon pioneers knew that it was a requirement or damnation was the alternative. That's what section 132. That is fundamental. <laughs> that is. We have another one Next from one. William Clayton. Yeah, this is Joseph Smith's secretary. Joseph Smith taught the doctrine of plural and celestial marriage is the most holy and important doctrine ever revealed to man on the earth. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. And that without obedience to that principle, no man can ever attain to the fullness of exaltation in the celestial glory. So plural marriage was celestial marriage. Not, not much Jesus in there, was it? Oh no, <laughs> no, not, not in any of these, is there? Isn't that sad? It is, and they call themselves Christian, but they're certainly not biblically inclined. <laughs> it was taught and, and is recorded by early faithful Mormons as being a requirement. Mormon apostle George Cannon said that if he had not obeyed that commandment of God concerning plural marriage, I believe that I would have been damned, he said. And this is in the Journal of Discourses. Obviously, he considered it as being essential. Now, let's look at a conversation between Joseph Smith and his brother Hiram <laughs> regarding the revelation of polygamy and giving it to Joseph's first and legal wife, Emma. Please in notice that our quotes are from the LDS Church's own historical documents. Yeah, this is actually from the history of the church. Mm -hmm. So that's fairly... <laughs> Supposed to be reliable. Supposed to be. On the morning of the 12th of July, 1843, Joseph and Hiram came into, into the office. They were talking on the subject of plural marriage. Hiram said to Joseph, if you will write the revelation on celestial marriage, I will take it and read it to Emma, and I believe I can convince her of its truth, and you will hereafter have peace. Joseph smiled and remarked, you do not know Emma as well as I do. Joseph then said, well, I will write the revelation and we will see. Hiram then took the revelation to read to Emma. Now, this is a revelation. Brave Joseph. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And in this quote, it's clear that plural marriage and celestial marriage are used synonymously. So, that's true. The revelation that they are discussing is, sex, is, is now section 132 of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Mormon Scripture. It's not a revelation concerning monogamy, but polygamy. By the way, when Emma read this so-called revelation, she tossed it in the fireplace where it belonged. If it was about monogamy, why would she do that? That's right. Now, from Apostle Orson Pratt. Yes, from the Journal of Discourses, God has told us Latter-day Saints that we shall be condemned if we do not enter into that principle of polygamy. And yet I have heard a brother or sister say, I am a Latter-day Saint, but I do not believe in polygamy. Oh, what an absurd expression, what an absurd idea. A person might as well say, I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, but I do not believe in him. One is just as consistent as the other. If the doctrine of polygamy, as revealed to the Latter-day Saints, is not true, I would not give a fig for all the other revelations that came through Joseph Smith, the prophet. I would renounce the whole of them, because it is utter, utterly impossible, according to the revelations that are contained in these books, to believe a part of them to be from the devil. The Lord has said, that those who reject this principle reject their salvations, they shall be damned, saith the Lord. Wow. <laughs> A <laughs> now, mouthful. Orson Pratt was the one designated to, when polygamy came public in 1852, he was the one designated to give the sermon explain that it. explained yeah. it to the public, made it a public wow. declaration. He was an apostle. Yes. 
He was also called a seer, which means he had official authority. Was he wrong? Was he telling lies and knew it? Or was he telling lies and didn't know it? Doesn't the entire church stand or fall on the truthfulness of their revelators and seers? He said the options are polygamy or damnation. That's fundamental. And this quote from Brigham Young in the Desert News. Now, if any of you will deny the plurality of wives and continue to do so, I promise that you will be damned. I will go still further and say that this revelation or any other revelation that the Lord has given, had given, and deny it in your feelings, and I promise that you will be damned. <laughs> Boy, they used they were, that a lot, didn't they? They were, what do you call them, boisterous, <laughs> powerful. I mean, they just like to throw it out there, didn't they? <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> Brigham, Brigham Young's dams, those that, even if they feel like it's uh, yeah, wrong, I, I that they're that being one, damned. The feelings. <laughs> Keep this in mind when we read the next quote that Hales used to show that Brigham Young didn't believe polygamy was necessary. Wilford Woodruff recorded in his journal dated September 24, 1871, President Young spoke 58 minutes. He said a man may embrace the law of celestial marriage in his heart and not take the second wife and be justified before the Lord. So either, either Brigham Young was flip-flopping or he's misreading what Brigham Young said and, yeah. and quoting it wrong. But, but we can see, and we, we, we have two parts to this, and we'll talk a little bit more of it in part two, uh, but we can see that Brian Hales quotes um, that he doesn't, he doesn't see any these, of the, these quotes that right. we did. Um, and, and, and they were dogmatic, dogmatic uh, sermons about polygamy. He cherry-picked most of his quotes, and they have also redefined passages and fundamental words to conclude that fundamentalists are not fundamental when actually they are. Yeah. They are, and and we'll do the next time. We'll talk about more about polygamy and other fundamental ideas. Well, I'm sure that was true, especially in 1890, 1904, when these polygamy groups started pulling away. They they certainly were um, under the impression that this is that's you why, either that's had why to, they did. That's why they broke away. You mm -hmm. either have to live this or or be damned. be damned. They've had their prophets telling them this all the time, and then for mm -hmm. the church to come along and say, well. We're giving it up. And then change the meaning of the word. And, and change the meaning of the word did. doesn't... Uh, yeah. I'm sure it didn't compute with a lot of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it didn't, and it still doesn't. No. A huge percentage of those who leave Mormonism altogether reject God and wash their hands of all religion. Well, religion itself is not good. God doesn't want us to embrace religion. He wants us to embrace Jesus Christ. And that's what true Christianity is, a loving relationship with the Savior of our souls. No relationship will last if it isn't based on trust. And Jesus said, trust in God, trust also in me. And then he spread out his arms and allowed the evil of man to nail them to the cross. Now that is love demonstrated. Jesus can be trusted. And we pray that all who leave the Mormon faith will turn to the biblical Jesus who loves you and will never lie to you, and will give you the gift of eternal life. Thanks for helping, Earl. Thank oh, you. you See you next My time. pleasure. Thanks. And thank you for watching. <laughs> See you next time. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. 
More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.